0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Banter Podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. This is episode number 13. Mike, how are you doing today? hell of a lot better than Amy Cooper, that's for sure. How are you doing? Definitely better than Amy Cooper, but that would be difficult uh, to be doing worse than Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper woke up today without a job. Uh, If you don't know who Amy Cooper is, she is the woman in Central Park who called the police on a black man for asking her to put her dog on a leash called the police on filmed the whole altercation uh, posted it live to Facebook. And obviously you can see her basically threatening, calling the police and telling the police, I'm going to call the police and tell them there's an African American assaulting me or harassing me. So now, um, Amy Cooper has lost her job. What else has she lost? She lost her job. She lost her dog. She might have to move out of the city. It is quite an astonishing display of grotesque white privilege. And I'm not really a fan of using that word. But I think, given the circumstances, it's completely fair. This is a really, really, really grotesque. She, she is the definition of a Karen.
1: This guy was birdwatching and he was on his bike wearing a bike helmet. When was the last time you saw a watcher in a bike helmet
0: threaten Anybody, anybody, right, right, and I mean, but I also think that you know, it, it doesn't even it doesn't matter who the guy was, whether he was a you know had cornrows and and uh, uh, you know wearing baggy pants. He asked her to follow the law. There was a in that part of Central Park, as I understand it, you can't leave you leave your dog off a leash. So what he was doing was perfectly you know reasonable, and because he was black, she racialized the situation. Immediately, You know, he made it about race. But it was absolutely appalling. And the fact is that in the United States, calling the police on a black person can get that black person killed. Right,
1: as we saw in Minnesota.
0: Right, exactly. Like a day later, poor, poor guy, George Floyd. It's George Floyd, and he
1: had been cuffed, and he was uh, face down on the ground, and there were four officers involved, and one of them had his knee on the back of his neck, which I'm not a police officer, but that doesn't seem like a
0: standard police hold. Right. And, and there's more, there is more video evidence that surfaces to show that he wasn't uh, resisting arrest at all. So yeah, the guy who the birdwatcher in, in central park, Christian Cooper, who had the police called on him, that could have been his fate. He could have gone the same way that George Floyd did. Right. If the police had been called and they took seriously that an African-American man had been harassing a poor white woman, they could have easily done the same thing to him. And that happens all the time. Like, this is, you know, r- racism in America, police brutality against black people uh, is, is just that's a sort of a that's an everyday occurrence. And, and the fact is that we're only sort of it's only really be, we're only really becoming aware of it to such a degree is because it's being filmed now. It's always existed. It's just being filmed.
1: Right. And when you say we, I know you mean white people, because black people have certainly known this for a very long time. They've been the targets of this sort of behavior. And it just really makes you wonder how much of this shit actually goes on. Like even even still today, even in the advent of cell phone cameras, this stuff happens and it doesn't get caught on tape. But I, I hope that police officers, first of all, just Stop doing this kind of shit because it's just wrong. But hopefully more of them wise up to the fact that people have video cameras on their cell phones. Just just register that fact and just assume that you are being watched by the public at all times. If police officers all took that attitude, black people would be a lot safer when interacting with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they should have mandatory cameras. All police officers in the United States need to have cameras on them at all times, right? It's just too uh, volatile a situation, right? There's just so much police brutality in this country that I think without cameras, we just don't know what's going on, you know? I mean, also, I mean, look, I get it. Like police, the police have a really, 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 really tough job. I know I've, you know, I've trained martial arts my whole life. I've trained with a lot of policemen in my time, a lot. And I've never met, like a bad guy i've never met someone who i thought was a bad person in in you know who was training and when you talk to them about their job they have an immensely difficult job they have to make life you know they have they they make sort of life-changing decisions you know very very quickly you know they can happen in the blink of an eye they've got to make it they've got to make a, a decision without thinking and sometimes they make the wrong choice and i don't think you know all policemen are racist, but there are a lot of policemen who are racist. There are a lot of, and I don't think they're trained properly in America as well. Like they have, um, in the UK, for example, but the police don't have guns, so they don't, their, their method for um, reducing tension in a situation is a lot more sophisticated. Right. Because they don't have weapons. Well, they have they have uh, baton, you know, so they have some self-defense. But but the police in Britain don't want guns. They've constantly been polled about this. And when asked about it, they don't want guns. So it means that, you know, you deescalate the situation anyway, because because they're not armed. And then also they're taught to kind of disarm people verbally. Right. And talk and calm the situation down. In America, it's just you, you get a gun pulled on you, and you get thrown up against the wall and handcuffed, and you know. So it, it, it's going to lead to a far, far more violent outcomes. So I think that the police are clearly not trained enough in America to deal with these situations. And then when you've got blue-collar white guy with a gun, with a not particularly sophisticated uh, uh, political, you know, or historical um, education. Um, the recipe for disaster when policing the black community is 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 extremely high, uh, and we see this play out over and over and over again. I mean, we watch black black men get shot for pulling out their wallets. You know, the policeman says, "Show me your ID." Black. I can't remember there was a video of a of a of a black guy being arrested and asked to find his ID. He reached over to get his ID out, and he gets shot. And he's like, "Hold on, you just asked me to get my ID out."
1: I and mean, it's kind of like school shootings at this point and I just there's been so many I can't keep them straight but right. in the United States unfortunately we have as many if not more guns than people uh, we have a citizenry that's heavily armed and so that means our police officers have to be armed because you know who knows who who's carrying what it's obviously very different in the UK but yeah. but I agree I mean there's I, I don't know what what the training is like you seem to know more about this than i do but if if these are the results that we're getting then the training needs a complete
0: overhaul oh yeah no the, the training in the u.s needs i mean the number of uh, just the, num- the number of, of police shootings um that we that we're now seeing on camera i mean it it, it it just shows you how trigger happy they are you know and look i've got a i i'm I've got a lot of sympathy for cops, just because I know, I, you know, I've met so many of them, and I understand what they have to go through and how dangerous the situation, how dangerous their jobs can be. Yeah, so the police officers in in the case of George Floyd were, this was not a case of bad training. This is a case of just complete indifference to human life. The officer who was kneeling on his neck, who was begged, you know, by the public was, beg- was begging him to, take, to 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 let him go. He was begging. He was begging for his life, saying he couldn't breathe. The guy just looked completely indifferent, and the cops did nothing as well. They just stood there and, and watched it happen. And this was not a matter of a, a lack of training. This was that. I mean, that's just straight up murder, in my opinion. That's straight up murder. And I hope that that guy and the police officers who who were prevented who didn't stop it actually, you know, they get they get charged and thrown in jail because that was that was absolutely disgraceful.
1: Mayor yeah. Minneapolis has already come out and said that. They should be charged, or at least the officer who was kneeling on them should be charged. And I saw that the University of Minnesota, I believe, will now cease ties with the Minneapolis Police Department. So no longer will they be asked to supplement the the campus's police force. That's great. That's really good news. You know, better training um, can definitely go a long way. But among a lot of people, among a lot of white people, there, there's just a general suspicion of, of black people that isn't there when they look at you know other white people. And I, I don't know how, how to rewire people for that. I'm sure there's an answer. I just I don't know what it is, but I hope we can find it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point now where I think now you have to like white people, white Americans, they have to demand that this stops. Like, they have to speak up. It's not good enough anymore for, um, you know, saying, yeah, 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 no, no, we hear you, we hear you, and then do nothing. You know, there's a responsibility now that you see stuff like this happen. You can't look away from this now. These are, like, these are fucking our friends and our brothers and sisters and, you you know what I mean? Like, in in a kind of, you know, how many people have got mixed-race kids or... Uh, how many white people have got mixed race kids these aren't just you know for white people now like the, the country is so intermixed and diverse now that it's it's how can you see these people as other now how can you see African Americans as other anymore I don't understand it like this, is, we're in the 21st century African Americans are still just completely sort of dehumanised and, and as if they don't feel pain there's all these statistics about how Medical professionals believe, you know, they think that black women's threshold pain threshold is higher than white women's. That white that black people can take pain better than white people can. Right, they're less susceptible to it. That's why, like, black mortality rates at, at birth um, are much higher than than other racial categories, and why they don't get treated for the same diseases that white people get treated for, because they believe that they they. They have a higher pain threshold, or they don't, you know, or their lives are just simply not important.
1: Or and they think that the the black person is lying about the level of their pain.
0: Right, exactly. Or they don't feel, you know, when one of their children is murdered or killed, or you know that they don't feel for their children as much as white people do. I mean, it's like the the sort of the level of dehumanization that African Americans have been subjected to. Um, in this country is just appalling you know and and they're like begging us to to what to 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 stop they're begging the country to put a put an end to this and telling us like this is what's happening to us now you can see what we've been telling you has been happening to us now you can see it on your you know on social media Uh, and you have to do something about it and I think like yeah, it's, it's just not enough now. Like, it, there has to be like all the protests in Minneapolis and the looting and the rioting. And I mean, what else are they supposed to do? What are they, what, How else do they get society's attention? I don't, you know, there's nothing else for them that they can do. That's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. If I w- were a black man in this country and I watched people with my skin color being literally executed in the street. Over and over and over and over and over again, I would be very. I would. I would get angry. My my anger would would <clears> consume me, and and rioting and looting would be. If I was a young man, that's exactly what I'd be doing, you know. So so I think that like we have to pay attention to this. Like, the country needs white people need to stand up and put and put a stop to this.
1: Nothing is being done in in, in government to right. to change the state of things. And honestly, I gotta say, every time looting like this happens, previously, you know, for me, every time I saw looting like this, there's there's no need for this. I, I don't know what it is. This, this time around, it's just like, yeah, I don't I don't approve of it, but I, I can't condemn them. Like, no, I mean, the, the only thing I would the only thing I would ask is, you know, if you're if you're gonna loot, go go after like the big chain stores. You know yeah. those. They can take a hit. Don't go after, like, the, the small, like, independent business. If right. you, it, another thing is, like, if, if you go after, like, I don't know, Target or Walmart or, you know, you hit an Amazon warehouse, those are the companies who are going to say they have access to the levers of power. And right. they're going to be right. the ones leaning on local, state, and federal officials to say – we want this to stop. We don't want it to happen again. You got to change this. And here's a bunch of money to your campaign.
0: Fix uh, it or else. I, 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 yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, yeah, I just I think that now's the time where it's, you know, everyone's got to stand up and say something about this. It, it has to stop. And I think that I also think that um, I, I support black people uh, buying guns. Um, I know this is sort of uh, potentially counterintuitive, but I don't know what else. what, What would you do if you were a black man living in this country and you're just watching people who look like you get picked off like flies? I would fucking arm myself and I support that. I support them arming themselves, strap up, get guns. I mean uh create political organizations that and and have you know proper military style training for for your community so you can so that you can police the police because who the fuck else is doing it no one else is doing it this is what the black panthers did in the 60s they policed the police uh and i think that you know now now would be the time to start something like that up again because what else what else can you do you have to negotiate from a position of, of power you can't position you can't negotiate from a position of um, of weakness because America has shown over and over and over again that it does not respect weakness. It will trample all over it. You know, as long as everybody else in the country has got guns, I say that black people should arm themselves too. We
1: can finally get some fucking gun control because maybe that will convince all the white Republicans that having armed, because that might be the only thing that can... Convince them to implement any sort of gun control, and that is video and photos of "quote unquote" scary armed black
0: people. Yeah, um, they should get. And and, you know, look, it's it's a this is I'm a militantly anti-gun. I hate guns. I I I don't want to be anywhere near them. But having said that, this that you know there are millions and millions. There are rednecks in this country who are armed to the teeth and willing to shoot a black man on sight for no fucking reason, for going on a jog. So so what do you do to, to protect yourself against this? And I, I, think, I think you have to arm yourself. And I think that, yeah, then the politicians can figure out, you know, maybe then they'll, yeah, exactly like you say, they'll take gun control seriously. But it's like getting back to this woman, um, Amy Cooper. Um, so I, I think that, so what, what's happened to her? She's lost her job. She's had a dog taken away from her by the the dog rescue uh, place that she got the dog from, I think. And she's also maybe been banned from Central Park, right? I got to say, though, and I know this is very low on the
1: on the concern priority list, but I have to say it. I kind of feel for all of the people who are actually named Karen who are just minding their own business. So when when this thing hit and Amy Cooper became, you know, they identified her from the video. I wonder if all those well-meaning Karens out there were wondering, all right, finally, finally, maybe this, we, we've got a new name. We've got a new first name that can replace us. So maybe it will be the Amy's now that get <laughs> shit on. But nope. Amy Cooper just became a Karen. So Karen is as a name, I got to tell you, it's going to be one of the least popular names of 2020. It's going to be somewhere between Adolph and uh, Pontius
0: (laughs) on the baby name popularity scale in the united states <laughs> yeah i know i know I, I i know a few well i know a few karens in england so it means something a bit different over there so so uh <laughs> uh but yeah not a great name but this but this woman amy uh, who is the latest karen um i i think i think that she should uh, go to jail that's my that's my i you know people will say oh her life's been ruined no not yet not yet i think it should be ruined further. I think she should go to prison. I think that she deserves at least a couple of years in jail for that, and I, I, for, for two reasons. For, firstly, she uh, she made a false police report, right? So that's a crime. But she also committed a hate crime because that false police report was based on a racially motivated, uh, racially motivated hatred. Like that's two crimes. I think she should be prosecuted to the to the maximum ability of the law. Right, because I, I think uh, certainly she made
1: a, a false report. You could, you'd have to stretch it though. I mean, that that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, so they, could, they could counter with, "Well, she was just providing a description
0: of the suspect." But I, I, hear what you're saying. But there's context, you know. She was, she told Christian Cooper, she said, "I'm going to call them and tell them there's an African American man harassing me." Right. So, a hate crime. The definition of a hate crime is a crime that's committed uh, that's motivated by prejudice on the basis of race right? That's the definition of a hate crime. So she made a false police report, right? She, and she also committed a hate crime because she, the false police report was motivated by prejudice on the basis of race. You would have to
1: prove that in court though. You would have to get inside her head and you would, you'd have to create some sort of pattern. And I'm not, and I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, Yes. Do do I think she was being racist at the time? Yes, I do. But
0: proving it in a court of law is a a, a much higher bar. But I think you know. But she could have got this guy killed. You know, she literally could have got him killed. And I think that she needs to be made an example of. How many black people are made examples of uh, and being thrown in jail for minor minor crimes for for possessing weed, you know, for uh, jaywalking for. You know, all sorts of like black black men in particular are incarcerated at an astonishingly high level in in America. You know, so what, I, I, why does she get to get away with it? Why does she get to to make a false police report based on on uh, racial prejudice and uh, and and get to walk get to walk away? I mean, I guess you know, losing her job and all that, and getting banned from Central Park—that's one thing. But the severity of what she did, you know, or, or about. Using the law, using using the police force as a kind of personal protection agency against a black man for no, on no basis, that's – I don't know. There's something I find deeply malevolent about that and, and criminal that should be punished. It could be punished to a certain
1: extent. It's not going to be punished to the extent that you're hoping for.
0: No, but I think it – I mean that's my argument. My, my, I make the argument that that's what should happen.
1: Anyway, there's really no segue, there's no graceful way to segue into what we're going to move on to now, and that is just the insanity of Trump and Twitter and uh, conspiracy theory involving uh, Joe Scarborough possibly murdering one of his staffers and an executive order that's just, it's just a big, big fucking mess, but I will give some background. Trump has been tweeting innuendo and suggesting that Joe Scarborough killed or was in some way responsible for the death of a staffer of his back in 2001. And her name was Lori Klausudis. She was an aide to then Congressman Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe fame. And she died in one of his Florida offices while. He himself was in Washington, D.C. She had a previously undiagnosed heart condition. And one day, while in the office, she collapsed and hit her head and died. The conspiracy theory that's that be- was pushed then, just as it's being pushed now, is that Scarborough killed her or, or had her killed in some way. Uh, there's no evidence whatsoever for any of this, uh, shockingly. But, of course, Scarborough is a Trump critic, and so the president— because he's an objectively terrible human being, promoted the conspiracy theory on Twitter multiple times. And if this were any other person doing this, the tweets would get taken down for being in violation of Twitter's rules. He's essentially harassing Scarborough online, defaming him. And not to mention, Trump is reopening an old
0: wound for this woman's widower and so much. That, so that's what I find the most disgusting part of all of this is, is this, I mean, Joe Scarborough is, is, uh, you know, he's used to this kind of stuff. I mean, not used to this level of abuse, but I mean, this poor, the, you know, the, the spouse of this, I mean, that's who I really feel for. It's, it's, it's just disgusting. Yeah. And her family. And, and so this
1: guy, uh, he, he wrote an open letter to, Jack Dorsey in the New York Times. Dorsey's the CEO of Twitter. And he wrote, in part, these conspiracy theorists, including most recently the president of the United States, continue to spread their bile and misinformation on your platform, disparaging the memory of my wife and our marriage. President Trump on Tuesday tweeted to his nearly 80 million followers, alluding to the repeatedly debunked falsehood, That my wife was murdered by her boss, former U.S. rep Joe Scarborough. And he went on to say, my request is simple. Please delete these tweets. I'm a research engineer, not a lawyer, but I've reviewed all of Twitter's rules and terms of service. The president's tweet that suggests that Lori was murdered without evidence and contrary to the official autopsy is a violation of Twitter's community rules and terms of service. An ordinary user like me would be banished from the platform for such a tweet, but I am only asking that these tweets be removed. And he is absolutely right. So Jack Dorsey responded to this by promptly stepping into a pile of dog shit. He could not have handled this worse. He didn't take Trump's conspiracy theory tweets down, but for the first time ever, Twitter placed disclaimer labels on a couple of Trump tweets, uh, not about that, but about mail-in voting. Trump was saying they're rife with fraud. You know, Mail-in voting is, is no good, and it could be a way to rig the election against him. And the label said, get the facts about mail-in ballots. So when you click on the links, you're sent to a page debunking Trump's claim. So this is the first time Twitter has ever done this. And when I first saw this, I just I knew the the deluge of shit that was going to come from conservative circles, they're going to ask, and I hate to say it, uh, but rightly so, they're going to ask, are these labels going to be put on tweets from Joe Biden when he is wrong? Not that Biden's Twitter account has this sort of insanity that Trump's has, but they're going to ask that. They're going to ask, are the labels going to be put on other Democrats' tweets? Are they only going to be on Republicans' tweets, government officials' tweets, candidates, everybody's tweets? Like, what? what is the policy here? But all Twitter had to do was delete Trump's Scarborough tweets in accordance with their own rules. And conservatives, they would have whined, but it would have lasted a day, and Twitter could say, look— We've given this guy a lot of leeway when it comes to our guidelines and violating them. There have been quite a few that we could have taken down and we didn't. But these tweets, I mean, he's accusing somebody of murder based on nothing. And this is just beyond the pale. We can't stand for it. We've got the widower we've got the widower writing to us asking us to take them down because they're against our own guidelines, to say nothing of the fact that this is Very painful for him to relive again. We're going to do the right thing, which is what we should have done as soon as Trump posted them, but better late than never. That's all they had to do and say. But they take this route instead.
0: Yeah, it's it's they they fucked this up in a sort of uh, an incomprehensible way. I mean, it was. This, it plays directly into Trump's hands, where he gets to make a huge song strong dance about it, claim that there's all these conspiracies against him, which is exactly what he's doing. Part of me agrees right, with, with Trump about the power that these social media companies have. I do think they have way too much power, particularly Facebook and particularly Google. So it's weird. I find myself in this opposition of sort of kind of... Agreeing with what Trump says in terms of the power that these tech companies have, these social media companies have, but then th- he's using it, unsurprisingly, for nefarious purposes. He uses his 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 valid a uh, valid criticism for nefarious purposes, and this is what I you know look Twitter sh- Twitter should have. It's a private platform as well. They can take down whoever they want whenever they want, and the fact that Trump is but yeah, as you said, he's. Trump Trump is breaking their rules of service. He does so on a daily basis, and and I think that yeah, he they should delete every misleading tweet, every lie that he makes, every you know everything that he says that is is potentially down. accusing somebody of murder. I mean, that's absolutely outrageous that he's been allowed to get to, to to do that, and it's just because he's the president. And they should deplatform him personally. Like you know, I think you know if you deplatform him, just close his account down. I mean, what is he going to do? It's like, it's a private platform. They have the right to take it. They have the right to take his account down, right? You know, without any, you know, without any warning whatsoever. It's a it's a private platform. You know, if you want to go and build your own new platform, you know, a Trump-based social media platform, then fine. Twitter can do whatever
1: they want in terms of the users that they allow on the platform and, and not allow on the platform. And like you said, Trump could have and should have been banned for any number of crazy things that he said. I mean, he basically threatened nuclear war with North Korea over Twitter, which I'm pretty sure threatening violence against anyone. You know, I can't get on Twitter and threaten somebody with violence. I can't say I'm going to come and, uh, you know, shoot you so and so. That would get not only would my tweet get taken down, my account would be my account would be suspended and I would be banned. And here Trump is threatening nuclear fucking war and the tweet gets to stay up and Trump gets to stay on. It's crazy. So naturally, after Twitter did this, after Twitter slapped these fact checking labels on these tweets of his about mail in voting, he flipped out. And he did it in the most idiotic way possible. He tweeted, Twitter is completely stifling free speech, all caps, and I as president will not allow it to happen. And then he followed that up the next morning by tweeting, Republicans feel that social media platforms totally silence conservatives. We will strongly regulate or close them down. Before we can ever allow this to happen, we saw what they attempted to do and failed in 2016. We can't let a more sophisticated version of that happen again, just like we can't let large-scale mail-in ballots take root in our country. It would be a free-for-all on cheating, forgery, and the theft of ballots. Whoever cheated the most would win. Likewise, social media, clean up your act now. Right. Because we never hear from conservatives on Twitter. Right. which is why we're not talking about Trump being on Twitter
0: right now. Right. And also the fact is, is that he is attempting to curtail Twitter's freedom of speech. They're a private company. They have freedom of speech. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They can slap a warning on his post if they want to, because they, they have a right to do that because there's free speech. That's, that's their right to do that. That's protected by the First Amendment too. So to claim that Twitter to, – to say that you know he's fighting for free speech – by shutting down a, a speech platform is fucking insane. It's completely insane. But this is the world of Trump. I mean, you know, and this gets to a broader point. But I, I I'm convinced that what what's happening now, there's a much bigger play here that Trump is is uh, is, is is getting into, and that is he he's try he wants to try to invalidate the election into in November before it happens. Right so he's creating this and he tied it in himself in that last tweet that you read out right he's saying you know mail in ballots social media it's all part of this of this radical left wing conspiracy or deep state state conspiracy all geared towards him right Just to 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 uh, stop him from getting you know from from staying in power he's laying the gra- he's laying the groundwork to invalidate the November election because i think he fears he's going to lose that's what I. That's what I see him him doing. That's what I see the broader play is here, and it's pretty scary because he has power, and his supporters are stupid enough to believe him. When you combine that, uh, you've got you know you have a very dangerous situation where he can say, yeah, the election was a fraud, social media was re- they rigged it, they rigged it against me, um, you know the media was against me, the deep state was against me. You know, so therefore he gives himself an excuse to stay in power or invalidate the election. That's what I think would happen.
1: Yeah, it's a rewind to 2016 when he was saying they're rigging it against me and he was laying the groundwork back then for an excuse to why he lost and he didn't get into power. This time around, he could use it. He is using it or will use it as an excuse for why he needs to stay in power. So now today we're getting an executive order from Trump. And, and again, I don't think this executive order happens if, if Twitter just takes down those Scarborough conspiracy tweets. I really don't. And, and I think Jack Dorsey has set in motion a chain of events that uh, he didn't want and uh, no sane person wants. But uh, as of this recording, Trump, uh, the White House has not issued the executive order publicly, But CNN and Reuters, they've obtained draft orders of it, and they published some excerpts. Oh, by the way, just, just to go back to Trump's line about shutting Twitter down, he doesn't have the authority to do that. But anyway, back to this executive order. Based on the reporting from Reuters and CNN and others, it's going to target Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. This executive order will supposedly say in part, quote, In a country that has long cherished the freedom of expression, we cannot allow a limited number of online platforms to handpick the speech that Americans may access and convey online. This practice is fundamentally un-American and anti-democratic. When large, powerful social media companies censor opinions with which they disagree, they exercise a dangerous power. Oh, and also this executive order would uh, create a working group led by uh, Bill Barr, the attorney general, which would be responsible for reviewing how social media companies moderate their content and... I see a potential problem with this. It seems to me that, and I'm a layman here, but looking at section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, that section has nothing to do with bias on the part of internet companies and everything to do with shielding them from liability if one of their uh, users posts something bad. And, you know it, it gives them the right to take things down or leave things up. It doesn't say anything about bias. It also doesn't say anything about adding content, which Twitter did briefly with Trump's tweet. But it doesn't have anything to do and th- this whole thing came about because in the early 90s or in the mid 90s, there was there's actually a Wolf of Wall Street connection here. Jordan Belfort, uh, his Stratton Oakmont brokerage firm. They sued the operator of an online forum in which a user had posted defamatory uh, defamatory content. Stratton Oakmont sued the company successfully. This section was specifically of the the Communications Decency Act, Section Two Thirty. Was written in large part to shield internet service companies from this type of liability. So, if you're running, if so, if you're an, an ISP or if you're a social media platform, which would they didn't have social media platforms back then as we know them, but pretty clear that this provision in this law is designed to shield people. So, if you're Facebook. And someone posts something defamatory. If I accuse you of murder, Ben, on Facebook, I, you could show that I defamed your character. You, you could sue me and you could win a judgment if you showed that, you know, you had suffered damage and right, but right. you would not be able to sue Facebook. And Facebook, you know, if they're sensible, if you flag it for them and you say, look, this fucking guy is accusing me of murder and he's got no evidence whatsoever, they would take it down and rightly so.
0: Okay, so what is it, what what's then the ramifications for for Trump repealing that?
1: it's It's not a repeal. So he's directing Bill Barr, and no doubt he's directing the Federal Communications Commission and the Federal Trade Commission to take a look at these companies and review their practices and perhaps institute regulations for them that they need to adhere to. Now, all of this stuff could be challenged in court, and it likely will, the the second any of these agencies try to to alter the behavior of these social media companies, they're gonna be challenged in court. This seems to me largely a sort of, it, it seems largely to be theater that is designed to put pressure on these companies, designed to make these companies spend a lot of money, uh, litigating any cases that are coming down the line. And it's above all a PR stunt from the Trump administration. I mean, look, Republicans have been doing this shit for decades. They've been back in the days when it was just network news and print media, they were alleging bias, trying to lean on them to, you know, be nicer to them in their, in their coverage. And this is just an extension of that.
0: Thing is, is, is one of the craziest things is that it really works like they constantly beat the media up for being biased and being against conservatives and the media are they kind of go along with it and they say oh yeah well you know we need to report on both sides fairly you know, b- both sides accurately then legitimizing you know this goes into the kind of legitimization of, of kind of the republican worldview, which is fucking insane right it's you in crazy town but yet the media reports on on the two sides. You know, this is what you know the the whole Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump thing was that that was largely framed by the media about it. You know that both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were corrupt and both told lies and both were kind of just as bad as each other. You know, so who are you going to pick? You know, are you going to which liar were you going to were you going to pick? Whereas you know, in in reality, what you had is a criminal, a criminal con man. With no business being anywhere near any political institution in the country, running against a career politician, you know, who uh, you know who is a politician, you know, a highly competent, educated woman with huge amounts of experience, uh, who was you know you know pretty pretty solid, uh, definitely had a history of of uh, doing things that most politicians do, which is twist the truth, but it wasn't a contest. It wasn't a you know, oh, well, I don't know who I should pick, this one or this one. It was okay. There's one choice in this election. There's a sane person and an insane person. But yet, the the media framed it as this sort of, uh, you know, both sides are just as bad, and and they do that because Republicans are, are bully them into it, you know, it, and it's incredibly effective. And so, so again, I guess you, what your your point is that you're you're saying that this is another extension of this, and another kind of. Um, Uh, Way of tricking the public into thinking that that uh, Republicans are being are, are, are the victims here.
1: Absolutely, that's that's what it is. They've essentially been Phil Jackson for the last few decades. Phil Jackson, who coached the Chicago Bulls in the '90s and the Lakers in the 2000s, won a bunch of championships, had great players. I mean, that's really the reason why they won all those championships. But. What one of his strategies was to work the refs constantly and always complain that they weren't getting calls or that the other team was getting calls and the Republicans are doing, they've been doing the same thing. Like you would think based on Republican complaints against the media, against Democrats, you you would think that Republicans have been out in the political wilderness for a hundred years the way they talk. But the fact of the matter is, despite this so-called media, this alleged media conspiracy against them, they keep getting elected. They've controlled the House for about half of my life. They've controlled the Senate for about half of my life. They've controlled the Supreme Court for my entire life. And they've controlled the White House for 24 out of the last 40 years. Okay? they've had since... Nineteen, uh, the beginning of '81, they've had Clinton for eight and Obama for eight, and that's it. And, and spend the Republicans the rest of the way. And so, re- when Republicans cry about how they're the victim, it, it is just—it's ridiculous on its face. And you just look at the results here. And it's the same thing with the deep state.
0: They scream about the deep state, and it's like they are the deep state. Like Trump is the deep state now. You know, he's he, Trump is basically destroyed the federal government and and put in these stooges in at, at every single level and you know so his t- his people are now the deep state you know his L- trump loyalists are now the deep state but yet he's still banging on about the deep state it doesn't fucking exist anymore but it goes it goes into this whole um you know white victimhood as well you see these a lot of these like uh you know particularly with the coronavirus stuff about white Republicans saying that they're being victimized by the government and being told to stay at home and this is against their freedom there's this whole victimhood complex that exists in in kind of white America white middle America uh, that Trump has expertly played into and the Republicans expertly play into where they're the victims of everything and then they complain when a, a black man gets shot uh, it gets murdered by or I mean knelt on rather he gets murdered by the police in broad daylight. And there are protests, and they're complaining about it. And the police are then sent out; the, the riot police get sent out to to quell the black uprising. I mean, that's and they're complaining about someone being murdered. And white Republicans were up in arms, literally up in arms in the in the state house in Michigan, for example, with guns, claiming how badly persecuted they're being and how this is government suppression. You, you know, so there's this victimhood complex that exists in white America. That's it's really, uh, well, it's fucking childish. It's completely childish and ridiculous. Yet I think, you know, Republicans continue feeding into this myth and, it, and it, cause it it gives them a lot of power. It gives them a lot of power politically and it gives them a lot of power against the media to frame narratives in, in certain ways.
1: And they're good at it. And Democrats aren't. Yeah, they're amazing at it. Um, just just one more thing I, I wanted to say on this this whole thing. So... Uh, So you had Jack Dorsey in Twitter taking their position, uh, which we talked about. But today we've got Mark Zuckerberg doing uh, at least one TV spot. I saw him on CNBC this morning. I think he's supposed to be on Fox News. Mark Zuckerberg is a cowardly douchebag. He's out there saying that he doesn't... He's a weasel. Yeah. He's out there saying... In direct contradiction to Twitter's policy, and I get it. If you don't agree with their policy, that's one thing. But in this overall context in which we're talking about, it's just really cowardly, spineless, as you said. He's out there saying he doesn't think Facebook should be the arbiter of truth, but he's full of shit. Facebook, they remove content all the time. They ban people all the time. You know, it goes back to... It goes back to my example. You know, if, if I call you a murderer on Facebook with no evidence, you're yeah, going to you flag can't. it, and my content's going to be removed.
0: I might be banned. I'm not even allowed to run political advertising. I'm not allowed to do advertising on the banter Facebook page. I mean, I don't even understand it at this point, but I've tried to run ads on our Facebook page, and they won't let me.
1: You know why? Because you're not
0: a Republican,
1: which is apparently the constituency that Zuckerberg is going for now-
0: nowadays it's again it's just a sign of just how weak these these uh, 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 a lot of people are in the face of Republican bullying
1: yeah and the thing that gets me is Zuckerberg's worth what is he worth 70 80 billion dollars right. 80 billion dollars how about you just grow a spine and say you know what I'm gonna do me and if you don't like it do what you will and if at the end of the day I I end up not the CEO of Facebook anymore. I'm gonna buy a few islands in the Caribbean and retire, and look at the bottom of a bottle of rum for the rest of my life on a beach.
0: I mean, who who knows? I really don't understand it, but I don't understand. Also, what? How do you combat? How do we combat this? How do we combat these assaults on? Um, you know, pretty much every every sort of facet of society that the Republicans are kind of targeting you know they're targeting the media they're targeting the political institutions they're tar- targeting government they're trying they're trying to destroy and they're trying to destroy and undermine faith in everything in civil society and I think that there's a sort of much broader issue going on here that um, you know it needs people to stand up to you know we have to have a spine I mean it's it's kind of like um, let's say Joe Biden wins in, in November. What do you do to the Trump administration? Do you allow them to get off? Do you allow them to go free? Or do you punish them? Right? And my fear is that liberals are going to let them go. Right? They're going to let them off. Uh, and Trump's going to walk away scot-free. He can have, like blown up the entire country, got over 100,000 people dead because of his um, inability to plan for a pandemic or respond to a pandemic like a rational human being. And I think he's just going to get away with it because there are no consequences. There's, there are never consequences for Republicans when they do this kind of stuff. And when is someone going to come in and say, OK, look, like you're going to jail. You're going to prison. Like You do this. You're going to go to jail.
1: I think Biden, if he gets in, they would be very reluctant to set that precedent where high ranking officials of the previous administration are indicted and go to prison, especially the president of the United States. I agree. These people need to be held accountable. They're corrupt. But I don't think there's going to be an appetite to see some of these, these people be
0: charged with crimes that they committed. I mean, maybe not from Republicans, but from Democrats. I think there probably would be, no. I'm always amazed at the Democratic Party's
1: ability to always disappoint me. Yes, they're, they're very good. That's it. I just...
0: But this time, I mean, you just... The, the abuse has been so egregious. It's been so bad with this administration that how can they get away with it? I mean, Biden has Biden's committed to not giving uh, Trump a pardon. So that's one thing. You know, let's hope he's, he stays to that. Like, I can't imagine that he's going to give Trump a pardon, uh, particularly after Trump's kind of go, gone after Biden's family. I, I don't know. I really would like to see something, um, you know, at least some of his uh, people in his administration, you know, stick Kellyanne Conway in, in jail, put Jared Kushner in jail, you know, let's get some of the, get get some of the, the um, you know, do like a mob roll up type thing. You know, when you, when they went after the mob, they did a whole, you know, you get the lower level, you get the low hanging fruit first, you know, you do something like that. I mean, there has to be some, some penalty for this.
1: It's good that Biden has committed to not pardoning Trump and Mm. company, but at the same time, it's going to be up to his Justice Department possibly indict some of those people. So the question is, and so many ifs here, we're talking about if Biden gets in, if he wins, if Trump actually leaves, and Biden finally gets there, is there going to be a political will in his administration in his justice department to look into this stuff and i don't know if there is and and you say political will with the justice department while well, the justice department isn't supposed to be political unfortunately ultimately there are political calculations that would be made in that situation
0: it's incredibly complex so but again you know i i i hope that that at least something happens you know i mean i i can't the i think a lot of people are going to want to see some justice and the democrats are going to have to you know they're going to have to do something you know because this is too much like the the abuse of power is 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 insane if they don't get if the republicans aren't taught a very very painful lesson now they'll come back and do it again as they always do they will but
1: on the other hand if you start indicting ex trump administration officials you know the republicans are we're going to have like tea party on steroids on pcp and they're going to be screaming witch hunt to the heavens and they're going to mobilize support and they're going to be screaming about tyranny and all that not that their threshold for tyranny is very high but they will be able to point to like say you got William Barr, say he got indicted, for example. I mean, just think of the stink that they've been making about Michael Flynn and George Papadopoulos. I mean, those aren't, I mean, granted, Flynn was national security advisor, but he was national security advisor for like five minutes before he had to resign. So if you start indicting some of these much bigger fish, they're gonna lose their shit. Not that that should be a reason why you don't indict them, but it's just something that might be considered by the Biden administration, a Biden administration, if they get
0: in. Well, look, on that note, I think I think uh, I think we covered enough for today. I hope We haven't uh, depressed everybody. It's been a pretty shitty week, I would say. Uh, thus far, I know a lot of people who are pretty depressed right now about the state of everything. So the only way is up, I hope. I've noticed that every year
1: since 2016 has gotten worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's hope 20. let the end of 2020. We're at a turning point, you know, where things 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 will get better. Um, you know, we we can't we can't we can't lose hope. That's for sure. You know what we should do, Ben? We should do one of these podcasts. We should
1: just dedicate it all to how great everything is. No negative thoughts. Everything is great. I don't know how we would pull it off, but we could just do 45 minutes of just how wonderful and spectacular everything is. And there is absolutely nothing to worry about.
0: Okay, we will. That's a deal. We'll do. We will do a podcast in the future about everything, how positive everything is. And we won't be allowed to use the word Trump at all. Oh, that goes without saying, unless it's Trump has been indicted yeah yeah exactly exactly okay all right that's a deal well look anyway everyone uh, thank you very much for listening uh, if you are a fan of the podcast please sign up to the newsletter so that you can hear us uh, every week you can also become a Bantam member. You can subscribe for 50% off. If you go to the bottom of this email, you'll see a nice red button because you're 50% discount on the Bantam membership. So you get access to all our premium content. Also, please, please, please check out Mike's blog as well. New you do Democrat. Have you got any good articles this week up there? I Mike, do not. I've been on a bit
1: of a writing hiatus. I will resume shortly.
0: My well, and if you haven't been on there, go on there anyway and check out his archives. So there's some great stuff on there uh and yeah we'll see you next week hopefully with some better news bye everyone bye bye